0: Welcome to the Beyond Sundays podcast. My name is Brett Stewart, and I'm your host. And today, my co-host is Jeffrey Turner. And we're excited about today's conversation because we got to go on the road to Argyle, Texas, over there in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, to speak with our guest. So we're going to jump right in. Enjoy today's episode. All right. Today, we have Toby Slough with us. Toby, how are you?
1: Who are you, for those who don't know? And... Uh, I'm gonna bet that anyone listening to this podcast knows who Toby is. I mean, it's our really podcast, maybe, but let's see, okay. Toby. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: what do you do at our church? Because you're a part of our church, and not everyone might know that aspect of it.
2: Yes, I am. I am. Uh, what do we call it? I can't remember. Elder, elder advisor. Yes, I'm an elder
0: advisor. It's a really fancy term. Yes,
2: it, I mean, it, it's. I wanted to be called most holy high bishop, but <laughs> Pastor David would not let that happen. So I'm an elder advisor who. Gets a great chance to spend time with the elders there at Beltway and giving outside perspective on things that are happening. And uh, one of the cool things is getting to just pray for Beltway. I know because I know so much of what's happening there. I get a chance every week to pray specifically. It's always fun on Thursday nights. You know, we don't have Thursday night services here any longer. And Mm so I'm always thinking about, Dave, on Thursday nights and what you guys in the middle of this flip the script things. Yeah. Unbelievable. So I'm the lead pastor at a church in the Metroplex called Cross Timbers, and uh, David and I have been dear, dear friends. He is my best friend in ministry. He has been for many, many years, and uh, we have shared lots of the same victories and, quite honestly, a lot of the same struggles. Yeah. I know that was important for his journey, finding people
0: experiencing similar things that he was walking through, because he found himself in a place of isolation in that, needing friends. And so, yeah, for y'all to to hook up and become friends, I know has been uh, influential, impactful in his yeah. whole journey, even his journey with with mental health too. And that's, that's one of the things that we're doing uh, with this podcast and with the Flip the Script series that you talked about is we're talking about and having the conversation of what does it look like to win the war for mental health and to kind of expose this lie that, that most people don't deal with mental health or anxiety. And I know that when you've come to Beltway, you've you've shared some of your journey with us. Um, would you mind sharing some of that with the people that are listening? You've been in ministry as a pastor for how long? And, and also kind of explain what your journey of mental health has looked
2: like in that time. Yeah, I've been up 35 years in full-time ministry. And 27, the last 27, have battled... Uh, Anxiety and panic disorder at, at differing levels. Uh, when I first, always like to tell people when I was first diagnosed, it's hard, especially for your generation to understand, there was no paradigm for it. I mean, you guys have grown up yeah. with yeah. Uh, counseling, with words about you know, depression, anxiety. Here, here was our word. Our word was nervous breakdown. Hmm. And I know that Uncle Jimmy had a nervous breakdown and went away for a while. And I got so bad early and not understanding what was happening to me, I, I really thought, well, it's got to be hereditary. I'm Uncle Jimmy. Hmm. And I was waiting for the two guys with the white coats and the little truck to come pick me up and haul me off somewhere. But I was, as you said, man, isolated. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't until I'm driving down I-35 toward fort worth that and trying to talk myself out of running into a bridge at 75 miles an hour which scared me mm-hmm. and i thought i better figure something out and which just led me on this journey now of over 27 years uh, winning some and losing some quite honestly yeah um uh, and have been through all the common things that people don't like to talk about with mental health, especially as it relates to in a faith environment. Mm -hmm. You mentioned isolation. Uh, I can think of nothing more isolating than feeling like you're losing your your mind, Mm -hmm. whether it's the rev up of anxiety or whether it's the depression side of just can't get out of bed. And... The reason isolation is such a big thing is because it's driven by shame. Mm-hmm. It's it's the shame that most people feel. I ought to be stronger than this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible doesn't work for me because some teacher led someone to believe that if you really love Jesus, if you really had faith, you wouldn't have these battles. I've been through the Jesus didn't die so that you could... you know, spend the rest of your life battling anxiety, which I I think Jesus died to give me power over anxiety. I mean, I could just go on and on, but my story is a story of finally discovering that freedom wasn't going to be the absence of anxiety, but experiencing God's power in the middle of it. Yeah. So what has been... I mean, you're a leader, pastor of
1: a pretty good sized church here in uh, the metroplex. Uh, y'all have been a part of. I mean, you've, you're in a high level of. You're in a high level of leadership. Have you experienced pushback from people as you've kind of been? I mean, one of the things I've loved about you, and I've told you this, is you've you've always been willing to be honest and vulnerable in ways that often leaders are not. But have you experienced some of the things that we worry about whenever we? get honest about mental health or anxiety or depression. And we worry, you know, people are going to judge me or they're going to think less of me or they're going to think I'm ill-equipped to be a leader. I mean, have you experienced any of those things? Or is that just maybe constructs that were in your mind but never actually were were something you
2: experienced? I experienced all of those things. Uh, emails, when I've spoken around the country, around the world, people trying to fix me, uh, people giving me... Uh, Pro advice, <laughs> people quoting scriptures to me like I don't know that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Yeah, uh, I don't know if they meant for the for that, like in their heart. But that's the message I was was getting. My problem st- has stemmed from and now you understand. I, I mean, I've I've seen a bunch of counselors through the years. I mean, there's lots of layers of this onion. You strip back, right? And a lot of my problems stem back from a fear as a as a child in a pretty rigid religious environment that said, if I'm ever fully known, I won't be fully loved. Mm-hmm. That there was Man. this thing of I'm not really accepted if my faith isn't at some level, you know. And so the only defense I have against this shame, isolation, all that pain that comes in the middle of this battle, is to tell the truth. That's the only defense I have. It's not like a courageous thing. It's like the only thing. Yeah. Because if you're fearful that, at your core, if you're fighting the lie that if I'm ever truly known, I can't be truly loved, the only defense is to be fully known. Yeah. And so, yes, I have, Jeffrey had hurtful things. But the freedom and the love and support I've gotten is overwhelmingly uh, greater than the negative side of that. I'm sure I as those
1: times have happened whenever you've had those, like just thinking through, I think having somebody send you that email after you were like real raw and vulnerable on a stage or at a platform and you were honest about this is where I've been, these are things that I've experienced, these are and then you get that email that's like, well, you're not praying hard enough or you don't have faith hard enough. What have you done like maybe practically to try to help that not send you into a spiral? I mean, are there like scriptures you hold on to really firm or, you know, declarations you make or is there something that you do to kind of not let that, you know, push you over the ledge a little bit into anxiety?
2: Yeah, and I've never really told this part of this story before. But I was coming off of I'd been at a International event, the Lord had He'd moved powerfully in people's lives. Uh, here, here's the funny thing: I've prayed for people who've sent me emails saying mm-hmm. I've experienced a miracle. God's lifted it off of me, and I'm like, okay. The irony of I'm still battling, and yet I'm the one God's using, which is a whole nother yeah podcast, right? Yeah. But came home from one of those drained, got a few of those. Uh, religious thinking kind of emails. There's a couple of them pretty pointed, and I was spinning out. It was like I had nothing to fight with. And I called a pastor friend, an older guy in Louisiana, and I'll never forget it. He he was eating with his family at a restaurant, and he said, give me two minutes. He stepped outside because he heard my voice. And he told me to Google something called the 40 IMs. And he said, go buy some index cards and write them out by hand and start saying them out loud And, you know, desperate times.
0: Yeah.
2: And so I I ran to the CVS around the corner, grabbed some index cards, and with this old pen just started writing them out and wrote the verses out one by one. And it's 25 years later, I still have all but one of those original cards that I gave to a friend. Yeah. So that's a long answer to that's my go-to place. We've passed out here at Cross Timbers. Tens of thousands of PDFs and uh, paper copies of those cards. We've rewritten them for kids uh, with Toby the Gobi. Why? Because for me, that's been the greatest defense is when what I'm feeling isn't lining up with what God's God saying, then I start declaring what God's saying. You know, our faith yeah. is verbal. Yeah, Jesus didn't wave his hand and the waters calmed. He said, peace be still. Why? Because in the kingdom— we have the power to speak things into existence. Absolutely,
1: we'll post a link too to the forty ims mm-hmm. in our uh, in the show notes of the podcast because yeah. that, I mean it's we've talked a lot we've talked about declarations in this series and I think sometimes it's overwhelming for people to go well Deck I know I need to have this declaration of God's truth I don't even know really where to begin yeah, and the forty I how to write it yeah the forty like ims that. is a great resource for so, that
0: so a question because I know you know we've already in the series talked about declarations. Um, how, I, I'm sure, but for those listening, because it's, it's affirming or encouraging to hear that, that none of us have this figured out. Um, how often are there times where your heart or your mind isn't thinking it, feeling it, believing it, yet you continue to press in and to declare? Because I find in my own life sometimes, it's like, I know I'm going to say these things, but I just, I don't feel, and sometimes I just feel like giving up. And sadly, I do. Um, but what does that look like for you? I mean, you, you've talked about your how many years into this 20, now? 27. 20, yeah, 27 years. Are there still those days where you don't feel like saying the things or you don't believe the
2: declarations that you're making? A hundred percent. There are days when I'm depleted that I don't feel them. But what I have found in a 27-year battle is it's not hypocrisy. It's faith, man. I, yeah. I, like Micah has come home 15. and seen... Sitting at a table, and I'm throwing them down, yeah. and the tears running down my face, and she knows, and she just puts her hand on me because she knows I'm fighting to believe yeah. they're true. Yeah. I think God honors the fight, man.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I just don't think my kids, if they're fighting for something good as an imperfect father, I'm going to go, well, you should
0: feel—I
2: yeah. I just love their heart, man.
0: Yeah.
2: And I think, man, we just need to give ourselves a break. Mm-hmm. And part of this battle is the feeling that we shouldn't feel this way. Yeah. We're in a pandemic. It's called being human. Yeah. I mean, I was telling you guys before we started, I'm about to do a podcast with about a thousand pastors in Mumbai. They're devastated. I mean, record numbers of people. And I'll tell you what I'm going to say. You ought to be anxious. Mm-hmm. You ought to feel depleted, but Jesus is going to get you through this because the yeah. battle with pastors for me is, well, I'm a pastor. I shouldn't feel this way. Right. I'm a doctor. I've known Jesus for 30 years. I'm, you know, Fill in the blank. Well, welcome to the human race. Yeah, It's the fight. It's the continuing to fight, I think, is where you find God's... That's where I find his power. It's not when I'm like, oh, I believe all of this. Yeah. I'm on top of the world. It's when I'm desperate. And that's, it, I just think of, you know, Paul pleading with the
0: Lord three times yeah. to remove the thorn in his flesh. And Paul says that, that God answers, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. And it never tells us that the thorn was removed or resolved, but you're, you're exactly right that, that the power and the presence of God breaks through in those moments. And he does honor the fight. And that's yeah. not the answer that we want to hear, you <laughs> know? Like, we've, we've said it multiple times in this series already. Like, we either want a pill or a prayer right. that's going to take it all away. And sometimes it doesn't.
1: Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah.
2: I mean, how many times, Jeffrey, you've heard me say at Beltway, like, nobody puts that on a coffee cup. Yeah. Right. You know, my grace is sufficient. I think it was—that's the central— like the axis point of his ministry, I understand everything Paul says. I interpret it through his reality that his greatest prayer was not answered, and that God was still good, and God was still using him, yeah, and a lot of things now that he does begins to make a lot more sense that things that he says, you know rejoice in you know in suffering. What are you talking about? Well, if you go back to the thorn, it all makes sense,
1: yeah, yeah. so you talked about micah. Micah mm-hmm. Micah's your incredible wife. Yes. What has it been like? Y'all been married how long? 36 years. We're asking you a bunch of numbers, and I don't know why. So I apologize for asking you a but bunch okay. of numbers that don't really mean either, that. Either you're like nailing these numbers on the head, or you're throwing out numbers that,
0: I mean, we don't know if they're true or not, but 36? I'm impressed that you
1: remember all these numbers. <laughs> so you've been married 36 years. Yeah. You've wrestled with this for 27. 27. What has it been like uh, to be married in the middle of this of a of a struggle that long and a struggle that that you feel like you I mean your book that you wrote which we we've sold at Beltway before you can buy it on Amazon I yeah, believe we'll put a link
0: in the show notes uh, of called both Not the books.
1: Yet. Uh, we'll talk about Toby the Gobi in a minute, but you wrote a book called Not Yet, which talks about like what do we do whenever it's not yet, whenever God hasn't taken away the depression, and anxiety, and all the other. I think you say in the in the book. And all the other crap, right? It's yeah, the only time I've ever heard somebody say crap at Beltway from stage. <laughs> but like, what has it been like to be married
2: and have that dynamic, along with this this middle of the not yet? Well, you know, we just released uh, an online course, kind of a master course that goes along with not yet, Goby, all of this, and the most moving. Video in those nine modules for me. I'm sitting right here where we're sitting in the studio, and my wife's sitting right there, and they're videotaping her talking about this journey. And I would say, for men, like you men that are listening, for the first time in my life, I needed her mm-hmm. more than she needed me. This picture of I'm supposed to be the strong one mm-hmm. got shattered. As humbling as that was, you look back now twenty seven years later, the spiritual intimacy that got I, I mean dude, I put her through hell, but God was good to her too, yeah. and who am I to apologize to her for work God wants to do in her through the person that she calls her husband, yeah, hmm. so their intimacy i I, I think. For us, spiritually, yeah, the impetus for the spiritual intimacy we have. you got to feel strongly about it. Golly, what a strong woman. But I don't think she knew how strong she was until she had to carry, the, you know, two young kids and a husband who's having a hard time getting out of bed. God was good to her. Yeah. Built her faith, man. What are some things that y'all have done practically
0: as a couple to to strengthen— that unity and, and to be in this journey, because I know, you know, there's, there's probably many that are listening that are married, and a lot of times when we're wrestling with, with our battles and, and we're, we're trying to press through, we end up warring against each other rather than with each other. So what are some things that y'all have done over the years to, to create that bond of unity as y'all have sought the healing and the victory in this area?
2: Well, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, right? I've always said I'm not real smart, so God just lets me notice things. Hmm. And I just—that's my like life hack. God, like help me notice stuff. Like help me pay attention. And as I was beginning this journey, the short version of this story is, Micah would come in every Sunday morning, in between services, and just put her hand on me and pray for me out loud, because I was really just laying there wondering if I could go do this again. And because of what that did for me, that was the impetus for me to regularly lay a hand on her, whether we're about to go to sleep at night or I'm, she's, I'm leaving for a couple-day trip or whatever. Or I know she, there's some a challenge in front of her. Just say, Lord, I just want you bless this woman today. Let her feel your love. It's nothing big, but this verbal praying for one another, which maybe to some people seems like, well, duh— But it's crazy to me how many men that I talk to, that they don't pray out loud for their mates. Hmm. And that's been a huge part. And then her ministry became, you know, I never wanted my ministry to be, who picks a life verse of, you know, a thorn in the flesh? I never wanted this to be my deal. But God picked me, which means God picked her. To speak into the lives of people who have mates or significant others. Mm. And so as we have learned together, we found ministry together out of our pain. Mm. Yeah. Y- you know, Jeffrey, being a you know, a lifer in the ministry world, how easy it is for there to be your ministry and her ministry. Yeah. And even though it's neither one's bad, that dynamic of each kind of going in their direction yeah. and I always tell young couples, men, find ministry that you can do together. That's good. You know, sweet girl, don't you? Your ministry be the nursery, and his be the ushers. Don't let that be your life. Find a place that you can yeah. serve and pour together. So, I think for us, it, those practices plus the fact that, like, she she sees it in my eyes even before I've admitted it right yeah. and so there's that we're helping one another along the way yeah that's built it for us
0: man that's that's so true cuz a lot of times we want we want to hold that stuff in you know we just want to keep the narrative in our head what we're struggling with in cuz there is that fear of what if people find out or I'm not capable to lead people when I can't, you know, lead myself or lead my family. But having a spouse or for those who aren't married, a, a close friend, a mentor, someone that you're around regularly that can see it in you and help bring what's in the darkness into the light so that now we can start to, to battle for it with the truth of Scripture and the, the, the
1: victory that Jesus has brought to us. So let's talk about fish. Uh-huh. So you wrote a book last year uh, called Toby the Goby, and uh, we sold it at Beltway. If you missed Toby being here, uh, we were there. I don't know when this podcast will come out. It was a few weeks ago right now. Um, but you wrote this book talking about how, uh, just talking about this topic of anxiety and uh, depression with kids, uh, mm-hmm. and you used an image, Kids Learn by Images, we know that, uh, and you use this image of a fish to tell this story, and I, it's an awesome. So I mean, as a dad of a ten-year-old and seven-year-old, I mean they have the book, they love the book, and and it just is such a helpful resource. But I think it maybe the most helpful thing for me as a parent is going. Oh, my wife and I actually talked about it after you left that Sunday. Is I forget that kids are humans. They're like a different thing. They're like little aliens that live on this earth, but they're humans, and they feel the same kind of things I feel. And that's what I loved about Toby the Gobi is it felt like it freed us up to go, no, these are conversations we need to be having with our kids.
2: Yeah, and it's conversations that what I'm hearing, they're conversations that are happening everywhere. Because of the pandemic, because of what we've been through, The kid, it's at an alarming rate for children. So I... The short version, which is an apostrophe with me, you know, but you're a pastor, sh- so yeah, short, short version is always the short relative. Version is yeah. I could I was trying to figure out how to end this book, not yet, and I wanted kind of the defining moment. What do I leave you with? And I found this story about a fish in Hawaii. It's a goby fish, and. Honestly, I liked it It was Hawaii. I thought maybe I could, like, take a trip, you know? Uh, (laughs) Research. But as I'm reading, it's about this fish that goes from the ocean and and halfway through its life, basically following the tides, which, by the way, are set by the moon and the sun. They go up these waterfalls, and they spend the rest of their days on the top of these mountains in these freshwater pools, Mm. which I thought was a cool story, right? Like a salmon with a better ending kind of deal. (laughs) Less less dead in the end. Yeah, less dead in the end. But what what got me, it stopped me, was when I saw this photo, a photograph of this scientific research that their jaws grow, as they're going up these waterfalls, and it's so that they can suck onto these rocks, and get to the top. And, you know, we hear about, you know, creation declares the glory of God, and we think it's look at the sky and God's big because the sky's big. But it's it's that we learn about the kingdom through nature. Yeah, and. That's my story. My story is that as I have battled for 27 years, God has transformed me. So, again, the short version is I decided I went on YouTube on a Monday, and seven times I watched a video on how to draw a cartoon fish. And I got these big easel boards, and five of them, And I know pastors say all the time, you know, God did this. Listen, man, like this was God's story because I'm making that story up as I go, Mm -hmm. that Thursday night service. And I just start telling the story of Toby the Goby, this little fish. And he had a little friend named Allie uh, Allie and Will. And it's Allie the Albatross and Willie the Whale. And it's because I liked Little Irv Band when I was a kid. And then song Cool Change, it's the Albatross and the Whale, they are my brother. (laughs) Side note. But anyway... So I just tell this story, and you can just tell in the room. It's like, well, this makes perfect sense. Yeah. And so because we're in the pandemic and because my daughter-in-law is an unbelievable artist, I mean, those pictures are unbelievable. Incredible. And you just sum it up, and you can do hard things because God is always with you, and you can help somebody else along the way. And it's something that kids can get their hands around. What I didn't expect to happen, which is crazy to me, is the response that I've gotten from college students. Hmm. Hmm. College-age kids, who the first one who said to me the first time she read it, she cried, and it's because they're dealing with these complex issues and they don't want to go read a medical journal. Yeah. They need something simple. And so Toby the Gobi has been uh, something, again, that strategically I would have never thought up. But I think God put it there to put a tool in parents' hands and as I said, we rewrote the 40 aims for kids. And so what I'm asking parents to do is, is your child overwhelmed with school or with COVID or whatever? Pick one together and have him write it out in crayon and declare it over him and help teach. This is a moment that we can move the needle in the area of mental health with kids like never before. Yeah, because yeah. we don't have to like convince them they need God. Yeah, They know they need yeah. God. They just don't know what to do. So that's why I'm excited about, so excited about Toby the Gobi. It's just these kids that I'm watching, at least now they have, a, I have a framework to flip the script yeah, that they never have. You
1: said this in there, but I feel like she needs her to do. Your daughter-in-law illustrated the whole book. And it's, if you've seen it, it's awesome. It is. She did a phenomenal job and does such a good job illustrating and telling the story. And there's a lot of resources with the whole, I mean, it, Toby the Gobi started out as a sermon illustration and then it started out and then it went from there to a kid's book. And now it's turned into a whole big thing with that a community almost. And we'll make sure you, if you want to know more about all this, we'll make sure we have it all in the notes, but tell us kind of how it's morphed even into
2: what it is now with, with yeah. Be a Gobi and everything like that. Yep. B- Gobi, the, this organization that my wife and I founded was started out of... A deal I made with God, the third night that I couldn't sleep and I had no paradigm twenty-seven years ago, so alone said God, if you will help me get out of this, I'll do everything I can to help somebody else never feel as alone as as I do. And the dream wasn't to write a book; the dream was to start a community, you know, of people that we could normalize the conversation around mental wellness that we could provide practical tools for people. I got so moved by this app called Noom. You guys heard of it, Mm N-O-O-M? And it was, I mean, people would tell you it's a diet and weight loss app. It's not. It was built by two psychologists. Mm. But it was built to give you daily encouragement, uh, some practical help. But what blew me away was they have these text groups. You get put in a group of like-minded people. And now a 57-year-old guy is saying, man, I'm really struggling with this. And another 57-year-old guy getting on saying, hey, I've been there and here's a way to help. And for me, what was born out of a digital world was digitally, at least, we can connect and not feel alone. And that this would be a community of people that were connected at least digitally and where people could get some practical help—that's what we're excited wow. about this community being, and, and that's what it's becoming quickly. It's kind of awesome to watch. Beltway was the second place I went, with the dream of you know a hundred thousand people joining this movement, and we are closer than we have ever been, and it's growing every day. That's awesome. We sold those Toby the Goby books. People were buying, they would come in and people go,
1: hey, can I have 15 of them? Yeah, it was like, buy them we, in the stacks. We only had so out. many and right. we sold all the way out multiple times. And then it was just like, you know what, go to go to Toby's website and you can get it all there. Yeah.
0: What I, what I love hearing, and it was a question that I was going to ask, but you've kind of been answering it as we've gone on, is how you've seen the Lord move throughout this journey. Because um, uh, I'm sure there's people listening, maybe they are or they have thought like, how is the Lord ever going to do anything through this? Why me? Why have I not found found the victory? Um, is there anything else that you've seen the Lord do through this journey of mental health and and victory towards anxiety and, and depression? Because so far, I mean, like you said, you never would have dreamed uh, the things that have come out of it. I, I'm wondering just for your ministry, for your church, for your relationships, anything else Uh, that you've seen the Lord move through this as encouragement to anyone listening that the Lord can use any and everything that you lay down at His feet and as you seek Him for the victory that Jesus has.
2: Yeah, I've always thought, like a core belief of mine is God doesn't, He doesn't waste a hurt. Romans 8, 28, He's going to use something for good. So I need... Especially for people who are struggling, I don't want them to mishear me. Mm. There's not a day goes by that I don't ask God to lift this off of me at some level. But I wouldn't trade the last 27 years of my life for anything. Mm. Why? Because the empathy God's given me for hurting people, mm. I don't know who I'd have been without this thorn. And the opportunity to speak into people's lives. When people come to see me, they're not looking for answers. They just like the fact that I can finish their sentences, right? Yeah. And I, I end every time with folks saying, hey, look at me. Um, however old I am, I've been married this many years, I'm happy. I like my life and I still battle this. And that picture, I think, really helps a lot of people. So for you guys who are struggling... I'm just telling you, if you just take that, your next step, which won't be as fast as you want it to be, won't be as complete as you want it to be, if you'll just like keep fighting, like God will use it. And you'll, you know, for me, I'm sitting in my apart, little apartment in between the hours. I'm sitting in this apartment with a pile of Toby the Gobi books, and Michael walks in, I'm bawling. And as you guys know, like that's not an unusual occurrence, <laughs> right? But she said, what? And I said, man, 27 years ago, I'm about to run my truck into a bridge and now look at what God's doing in the middle of the battle yeah that's my encouragement is to keep stepping keep as we say keep swimming (laughs) go against the flow do it when it's easy and do it when it's hard because God will use it yeah I believe with all my heart
0: yeah yeah You've mentioned declarations, you've mentioned community. Mm-hmm. Um, what else has been helpful in this journey for you? You know, fight that fight, get a victory for the day, even if that victory is get out of bed, you know. Every yeah. every victory, it doesn't have to be the, the final victory, but just the small victories one, we need to celebrate when when we have them. But but what other things, resources have been helpful for you in this journey? to find those little victories along the way.
2: Yeah, I love the message version of come to me, all of you who are a weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. The message version says, I'll teach you the unforced rhythms of grace. Hmm. In fact, I'm writing a book, my second book that I'm writing now, which is freaking Mike out, cause she thinks I'm ahead of myself, but it's on the unforced rhythms of grace. And it's finding ways to connect with God in non-conventional ways. That I think we've limited And like for me it's cooking Which sounds weird to some people But I mean like I was cooking this weekend And Micah's I'm just telling There's something that, Like I connect with my creator there
1: That's awesome
2: And But it doesn't mean everybody has to cook My son Connects with God when he runs he loves to run. Like I don't connect with God. I want like I'm not sure yeah. God's in running. I, I think <laughs> yeah, he's against sounds, running. No, I mean oh, like man. you taste like gunmetal and you get in your mouth and you get a vision of the Virgin Mary. And you're not Catholic. That's not a good thing, <laughs> right? But but like so everybody doesn't need to cook. Everybody doesn't need to run. Some people paint. Yeah. Yeah. But finding the place that connect. And I would say it's this inviting the Creator into. Your everyday, ordinary life is the unforced rhythms of grace. Yeah. I think it's. I think it is so important, and it is so neglected. It's like, no, you need to go to church. You need to join a small group, and you need to serve. All of those things, those things are, great. are true. But what if that's not the way you were wired to intimately connect with your creator? Yeah. As we've gone through this series and even as
0: we've had uh, the different podcast guests on, something that I'm noticing in all of it is that it it takes space. It takes a space and a place of slowing down to, one, be aware of our thoughts and bring them before the Lord, but also what you're talking about of connecting with our Creator. I mean, that comes from Sabbath, from slowing down and resting, and that's something that we don't like to do in our culture, which is probably a contributing factor to why there's so much anxiety running rampant in our world. So how would you encourage um, the person listening right now who they're just trying to make it to tomorrow? What what would be the one or two things uh, that you could encourage them with to let them know that, there is hope, there is victory, and to to stay in it to see what the Lord, what the Lord really can do. It's not just some hypothetical, oh, he could use this, he he will use it. I mean, do you have something that you could speak to them?
2: Yeah, I would say number one, this, the most practical help I could give you if you find yourself there is tell someone how you feel. Yeah. Break the isolation. Confess. There is power in confession. That's the key to get out of prison. Number two, I would say this, at some point, you have to decide, is Jesus real and is the Bible true? And if at some point before you found yourself here, you believe Jesus was real and that the Bible was true, then you are not alone and God is at work. Mm. You don't have to like what he's doing to believe that he's working. His word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. That sounds really cool until you start thinking about all he shows you is the next step.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And when when I get in my lowest places, I'm going to encourage you to do what I do. Ask God to give you the strength to get through this day. Hmm. And before you know it, you start stringing some days together and you find strength you didn't have. There's yeah. a reason he called it daily bread. He's going to give it to you for today. That's good. That's good. And... I'm sure you years now, I mean, 27
0: years in this journey, sometimes it does feel like one small step in it. It might seem like you're not getting, you know, where you think you should be by now. But when you turn around and you look mm-hmm. at the faithfulness of God along the way, you see how far you've come. And, and that strengthens, I'm sure, your faith to continue
2: stepping. Yeah, I'm, I, always, I call it progress over perfection. Hmm. I, I don't need... A ninety-yard touchdown pass. I need two yards in a cloud of dust, mm-hmm. and give me two yards in a cloud of dust, and I'll I'll make it into the end zone. I just want to move forward. Yeah. So let's like again. Can I just say? I feel like the Lord wants me to just emphasize. Give yourself a break. Yeah. It's okay to be where you are. It's just not okay to stay there.
0: Yeah. That was really good. It
1: that feels that's, like a good way to
2: end. I think I that's mean, a great
0: way to end.
1: Toby, I've told you this. And I'll tell it to you till I'm blue in the face. I'm so thankful for you. I think a leader modeling vulnerability with this specific issue does. Yes. It moves the ball so far down the field of it breaking the stigma of mental uh, mental health and mental wellness. We talked on Sunday, I was preaching and talked about how, uh, or I was talking to somebody the other day about how weird it is that we'll take our kids to the doctor and mm-hmm. feel perfectly fine when they have the sniffles taking them to the doctor And when a kid is sick with the stuff going on in their mind, we are so hesitant to take them to go see somebody who can help them unravel what may be tangled up. And I think a leader being vulnerable and standing up and saying, no, this is a struggle that it is okay for Christians to have, and that it's just okay, like you just said, it's just not okay to stay there. I'm so thankful that I've gotten to watch you model that over years, and I think it is for our church... It's done. I'm. I'm not sure we'd take this this flip the script series that we're in in the angle that we do if if we hadn't gotten to watch you mm-hmm. and walk with you and see how God's used mental wellness in your life and and how that's impacted others around you. So I just I personally want to say yeah want to say thank thank you. you so much. And it it truly is a source of strength
0: in your leadership. And I, I want other people to hear that also because the lie is. The fear is that it's shame, it's weakness of what could God ever do with something, you know, someone so broken like me. But just your ability to go there and invite people in that journey, um, man, that's, that's where the Lord meets us, and that's where His grace is sufficient. His power is made perfect in our weakness. So, Toby, thank you so much for taking us on that journey uh, we'll for put all time. the resources for all, all the, the things we've referenced in the show notes. All the books, Brett's got the work links. to do. I have a lot of work to do, but I'm, I'm happy to do it. Toby, thank you so much.
2: Thank you. Love you guys. Love Beltway. Believe big things ahead there, and praying for you. Amen. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the
0: Beyond Sundays podcast in this episode with Toby Slough. I'm so grateful for his leadership and his vulnerability allowing us to go in on this journey with him as he finds freedom in mental health. I encourage you go back and listen to this episode multiple times, share it with friends, share it with family. The resources that Toby talked about, we will include in the show notes for you. And everyone go to Amazon, buy his books, Not Yet, and Toby the Gobi. Buy them for yourself, buy them and give them to friends, and to family. It's an incredible resource that we have, and we're so thankful for this journey that, that God has been moving in and through with Toby Slough. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, Beltway Park Church, and go ahead and click on that playlist, Flip the Script, so that you can go along with the sermons that we are going through as we win the war for our mental health. Follow us on social media. That handle is at Beltway Park. And uh, we want you to follow and subscribe and like this podcast so you can stay up to date with all of the episodes we release. We release them every Tuesday, people. Thank you so much for listening in with us and sharing them with the people that you know. We hope you have a great week. Be blessed. And remember, God is moving in your life beyond Sundays.